Managing risk and protecting your profits on a dairy farm isn't always easy, but it's becoming increasingly more important to have a good understanding of milk markets to better protect your profits through more frequent volatile periods. Welcome to the Protecting Your Profits podcast, a brief monthly update where I will take a deeper dive into topics or trends that will help you better understand milk markets and risk management. I'm Zach Myers, Risk Education Manager for the Center for Dairy Excellence. Let's see what's happening this month. Welcome back to the Protecting Your Profits monthly podcast. This week, Zach welcomed Dr. Judd Heinrichs to our monthly webinar series to discuss strategies for managing high feed costs. And I just wanted to mention it because I thought it was a really great discussion and Dr. Heinrichs shared a lot of great tips for producers who are looking to manage their input costs right now. I I thought it was a great conversation, didn't you, Zach? Yes, Emily, I certainly did. It was a very very timely topic, and, and Dr. Heinrichs really shared a lot of great information to to help uh, dairy farmers understand what's important when it comes to to managing forage and and putting up good uh, good quality haylages and forages when when uh, commodities are commodity prices are high. Yeah, I know. I it it was just really good to listen to. So if you missed it, um, make sure you go to www.centerfordairyexcellence.org/pyp. And then you can click on the webinars tab to watch the recording back if you missed it. So, Zach, I know you did share some market updates a little bit during the webinar, but I think this month's podcast will give you a chance to go into a little more depth on some of those updates. So we'll just dive right on in. And my first question is related to milk production. So April milk production in the U.S. was up over 3% year over year in April. Did the May milk production follow this trend? Yes, Emily, it, it did follow the, the same trend. Uh, milk, May milk production was up even more than April at 4.6% higher than, than last May. However, unlike April, um, May's increase was, was expected. Many milk handlers required farmers to reduce production by May of 2020 to help offset the amount of milk that uh, was uh, having to be dumped or displaced due to the pandemic and, and that milk no longer having a home. So it wasn't entirely a surprise with that, uh, with the pandemic, uh, hopefully uh, wrapping up now that then and uh, milk supplies are, are returning back to more normal. And, and it, it makes sense that uh, this May was quite a bit more than 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 last May, especially considering that uh, May 2020 milk production was actually down compared to the uh, two years ago, May 2019. So uh, that being down year to year is is actually here in recent years is is pretty unusual. So uh, the total May milk production totaled nearly 19.9 billion pounds, which is about 878 million pounds more than than last May. Wow. So is there a reason that production jumped that much? Yeah, the the answer actually is relatively easy and has two main parts with a with a third smaller part in in the slaughter numbers that were released earlier uh, um, this week. So uh, and and the two the two main parts are are cow numbers and per cow milk production. So the U.S. dairy cow herd has added 145,000 head compared to last May and is now more than 9.5 million head strong, and this is the largest U.S. herd size in 25-plus years. Milk production per cow was also up 
So the average U.S. cow produced 2,088 pounds in the month, during the month of May. This is 61 pounds or 3% more than what she did last May. And of course, more cows, each producing more milk can only lead to more total production. So, uh, and then a, a third factor and, and, uh, and, and maybe a little minor compared to the other two, but dairy cow slaughter in the month of May was down 4% compared to last year at 223,400 head. And this is down about 10,000 head from last May. So, uh, uh, dairy cow slaughter being down this past May did contribute a little bit to keeping, keeping those, uh, um, cow, cow, the current cow herd size up. Okay. So, well, how does milk production and cow numbers turn out here in Pennsylvania? Well, total production followed the same trend uh, in Pennsylvania as the U.S., but cow numbers in Pennsylvania were down again compared to the last year. The May uh, 2021 Pennsylvania dairy herd was about 8,000 cows less or 2% less than May of uh, last year and totaled 475,000 head. However, the good thing is May was the fifth month in a row to maintain that 475,000 head. So total milk production across the Commonwealth totaled 893 pounds or about 2% more than last May. All right, with herd size down but total milk production up, you would assume that milk production per cow must have improved compared to a year ago, and it certainly did. The average Pennsylvania cow produced about 1,880 pounds of milk during the month of May, which is 65 pounds or about 3.5% more than what she did last year. Unfortunately, the PA average is still considerably less than the 2,088 national average for May I previously mentioned, but both Michigan and uh, Minnesota now produce more milk with less cows than Pennsylvania because their milk production is quite a bit higher than, than the average Pennsylvania cow. Okay, so with this large of an increase in milk production, what did dairy product inventories and production look like in May? Actually, uh, dairy product inventory sort of surprised me. They did not grow quite as much as you might would think that they uh, did because of increase because of increased domestic usage and exports. Our, our domestic demand and export demand is is uh, currently really high, and and we'll talk about that more uh, in a few minutes. But with most, if not all, states lifting COVID capacity restrictions on food service establishments, domestic dairy usage has increased. I recently read an article that said uh, dairy product sales to food service has eclipsed retail dairy sales for the first time since the pandemic began. So uh, if uh, um, if you recall that prior to the pandemic, over 50% of dairy sales were at food service establishment. But as you probably recall, that reversed last March and demand shifted to retail outlets like uh, grocery stores once restaurants and schools were shut down. And again, we'll, we'll talk more about uh, the disappearance in a moment. Uh, but uh, let's first get back to your question on inventories and production. Better inventories were up about 7% compared to last year to 402 million pounds, while cheese was up a marginal 0.7% to 1.47 billion pounds. May powder stocks won't be reported until the first week of July, but April nonfat dry milk stocks were down uh, quite a bit, 23% due to a shift, probably due to a shift in production to higher value products like cheese 
and uh, and then uh, a drawdown on on the stocks with the robust exports of the non-fat dry milk. Like uh, powder, like powder inventories, uh, butter, cheese, and powder production won't be released until the next dairy products report that's due out the first week of July. However, April butter production at 185 million pounds and powder production at 195 million pounds were down 19% and 4% respectively. And again, it's probably indicative of a shift to higher value cheese products. And following that theory, cheese production in April increased 8% over the previous April. Okay, I see. That makes sense. So based on that information, how do dairy product prices translate? Product prices were a little mixed in May. Butter at a dollar eighty one per pound was virtually the same as last May as last May's a dollar seventy nine while cheese was down a dollar eleven from last year to a dollar fifty four pound and uh non fat dry milk was up thirty nine cents to a dollar thirty one compared to last May. However, in general, our domestic prices are well below international prices. All three product prices are considerably cheaper than the comparable global dairy trade price. Additionally, our butter and cheese prices are below comparable European Union prices, with only our non-fat dry milk price being slightly higher, at uh, but only 13 cents uh, more expensive than than uh, EU powder price. The, our lower domestic price should help encourage exports for at least the next few months anyway, if, if nothing uh, strange happens between now and then. So speaking of exports, that's a good um, segue, Zach. How have exports fared since our last podcast? Unfortunately, it's sort of hard to compare apples to apples at this stage of, of the month. May export numbers won't be published until early July, so the most recent data is still April. April exports continued to impress dairy analysts with another month of year-over-year growth. A total of nearly 212 metric tons of milk solids were exported during April. And for those that may not know the equivalent of a metric ton, a metric ton is 1,000 kilograms or about 2,200 pounds. So uh, a, a significant amount of, of milk solids being exported during April. As a matter of fact, this is 25% more than last last year, April. And the value of these exports is estimated at over $690 million, which is an increase of 33% compared to April 2020. Cheese exports alone increased 51% compared to last April. However, as in as in March, there is a disclaimer to this data as shipping issues and and um, as shipping issues improve on the West Coast, backlogs of dairy products uh, uh, from earlier this year are able to be shipped to their original destinations, uh, even though they had been delayed and are probably contributing to the increase. However, even if you take uh, away um, what was the backlog that was cleared that uh, exports new exports remain robust and i i look forward to seeing what uh, may exports show us here in the next week or two when once we uh, once those numbers are released yeah that'll be interesting to see so okay you mentioned a few minutes ago that you wanted to talk about dairy product disappearance and i think that's a great thing to go over with everyone. So taking into consideration all that we've talked about so far, how has 
um, this information influence disappearance? Well, due to the timing of USDA reports, like, like the export report, April is the most recent data we have for disappearance numbers. Because, of course, disappearance numbers uh, take into account exports, and, and we won't know the export numbers for another couple of weeks. So uh, uh, the timing coincides that we'll, we'll learn the disappearance numbers about the same time. So uh, April numbers indicate strong demand based on domestic and export usage. American-style cheeses and other style cheeses, as well as non-fat dry milk and skim milk powder disappearance was up. Uh, however, butter disappearance was down slightly compared to last April. 479 million pounds of American-style cheese, cheeses were sold during April, which is 23% more than last April, and that, that includes exports. At 697 million pounds, other style cheese usage was up 21%, and again, that includes the export um, data as well for April. And then non-fat dry milk and skim milk powder are, are um, included together uh, and summed, and that to the usage for both those types of powder totaled 253 million pounds, which is a 19% increase over, over last April. Again, butter usage was the only product category of the four to experience a decline, but at 167 million pounds, it was only 2% less than, than last year. So domestic usage of butter and cheese far exceeds the amount of exports. However, increases in both cheese categories aided the disappearance, while um, increases in exports, that is, of both cheese categories aided the disappearance, while a 336% increase in butter exports kept butter disappearance from being down more than the 2%. So butter exports made up nearly 11 million pounds of that 167 million pound disappearance. Whereas uh, in last April, last April it was only 2.5 million pounds of 168 million total. So uh, butter exports were very positive, but uh, of course not enough to offset the drop in domestic usage compared to last year. And that domestic usage difference um, could possibly be explained by uh, um, with the the restaurants opening up in uh, April and May here in the states. That uh, uh, food service is a big user of butter, and and perhaps that uh, that supply chain is pretty much stocked, and and so uh, uh, butter disappearance was down. Non-fat dry milk and skim milk powder usage is the reverse. We export way more powder than we use here domestically. Of the 253 million tons of powder exported, over 173 million pounds was exported compared to over 79 uh, million pounds sold domestically. Lots of great numbers, as always, Zach. Um, thanks for sharing that. So how does all of this translate to the futures market? Well, unfortunately, for the second month in a row, second month in a row, class three um, price was down compared to this same time uh, in uh, May. As of June 21st, closing prices, class three for the next 12 months, averaged $17.77, which is 61 cents less than the this, this same time in May. However, uh, $17.77 is $1.34 higher than the five-year average class price of $16.43. So we're still um, class three, although maybe isn't uh, as high as we would like it to be, it is still 
uh, quite a bit higher than than the five-year average. And for class four, uh, average class four milk futures fell for the first time in four months. It had been on a on a month-to-month -month increasing trend. Uh, the 12-month average is currently $17.16, which is uh, about 33 cents less than last month's average, uh, but uh, $2.45 higher than the five-year average of $14.71. So uh, even though uh, feed prices are, are high right now, and maybe we're not, maybe dairy farmers aren't getting the milk price they need to offset the higher feed costs, they are still in positive territory uh, relative to the five-year average. So uh, increased production and, and some growing inventories are keeping downward pressure on the futures market right now, but demand both nationally and internationally are helping to keep prices from dropping as much as maybe they would have otherwise. Okay. So let's end with a quick update on dairy margin coverage and dairy revenue protection. You're always really up to date with these programs, um, and I know we won't know May's margin until later next week, but can you at least give us an update on April for right now? Sure, sure. That uh, April margin was announced uh, at uh, $6.94 per hundredweight. This was an improvement of $0.48 cents compared to March, but still triggers an indemnity at the $7 up to the $9.50 cent per hundredweight margin coverages. The improvement uh, over uh, over uh, um, April came as a result of as of higher milk price that partly offset higher feed costs during the month. And then looking forward to the rest of the year, it looks like dairy margin coverage is not done providing benefit to those who enrolled this year, at least based on June 21st prices. Projected feed price for May through the rest of the year averages $11.57 a hundredweight, meaning that in order for the DMC to not trigger an indemnity at the at least the 950 margin coverage, that the U.S. all milk price would need to average greater than $21.07 a hundredweight, and again that's based on current on the current market projections, and. Uh, Remember, just as a as a disclaimer here, remember these are projections that I've averaged and nothing is guaranteed until the official margins are reported. So prices do vary day to day and month to month and, and that changes the projections over time. So far with indemnities triggered for January through April, uh, dairy margin coverage has provided a net benefit of about 73 cents per hundredweight for 2021 at the maximum $9.50 margin coverage. So a lot of a lot of it's been a big benefit so far this year uh for those who who enrolled in the program for 2021. Well, that's great to hear. Um with the recent downturn in class 3 and 4 futures prices that you mentioned earlier, what about dairy revenue protection? What are the price floors looking like for that program? Sure, we can touch on that briefly. Obviously, since dairy revenue policy prices are calculated based from uh, class three and class four futures, the price floors set by these policies have also dropped. And of course, volatility is keeping premium prices higher than, than we would we would like to see them. But uh, the a current 100% class three, 95% price protected policy 
can be purchased to set price floors in the upper 16s to low 17s for fourth quarter 2021 to third quarter of 2022. On average, the premium for these policies will cost 34 cents a hundredweight. Fourth quarter 2022 policies will be available as soon as there's enough trading occurring that far out to establish base prices. On the class four side, current 100% class four 95% price protected policies can be purchased to set class four price, price floors of in the 1630s up to the 1680s for an average price of about 39 cents per hundred weight. Like class three policies, uh, fourth quarter 2022 policies uh, will be available once trading that far out picks up. And despite higher premium prices, the floor set by dairy revenue protection may still fit into your risk management plan, especially if you're not enrolled in DMC or DMC doesn't adequately protect cost of production. And additionally, the floors set by uh, dairy revenue protection are substantially higher than the respective class three and class four or five year averages. So uh, uh, even though even though premiums are a little higher than maybe we want to, another thing to remember is these premiums are um, are uh, uh, subsidized by 44% by the U.S. government at the at the 95% price protected level. So uh, uh, it's still um, perhaps a decent option and and worth considering for uh, risk management. Thanks, Zach. That was a lot of really helpful information. Is there anything else that you want to add before we wrap up this month's podcast? Yeah, there is one one more thing that I would like to add, Emily. Uh, over the last month or two, I've been getting several phone calls regarding a potential third round of direct payments and, uh, and also when enrollment for the supplemental dairy margin co coverage production history that was uh, – um, talked about at the beginning of the year when enrollment for that would begin. So uh, unfortunately, there still are not many details available, but the USDA did send out a press release uh, last week, June 15th, that mentions dairy uh, with three different programs for additional COVID relief. The first was a $400 million allocation for the new dairy donation program that will help to provide dairy products to food insecure families as well as mitigate food waste and, and loss. The second mention, uh, although there was no dollar figure attached to it, the second mention was that additional payments would be made to dairy farmers that have demonstrated losses that have not been covered by previous pandemic assistance. And then the last mention was $580 million allocated for that supplemental dairy margin coverage or the production history update, if you want to call it that, for small and, and medium farms that have uh, increased production since 2014. So unfortunately, no dates were given as to when these programs would be implemented, but the press release did say that it would be within the next 60 days. So hopefully details will be forthcoming prior to that mid-August deadline but at least we do have a time frame now and, and know that we will be getting some more information before the middle of August or by the middle of August. But uh, Emily, I think that's all I have. I think it's probably enough as a lot of information in a short period of time. So uh, we'll, we'll stop there for this month and I certainly look forward to uh, speaking with you again next month and, and uh, providing some more information. 
Yeah, thank you, Zach. Thanks as always for keeping us updated um, and summarizing all the information for everybody. And for everyone listening, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Amazon Music. We publish a new podcast every month. We Thanks for listening. We will catch you next month.